from the convent of the Good Shepherd overlooking Inwood Hill Park in New York City, welcome to Inwood Artworks On Air. It's where we meet musicians, filmmakers, writers, theater makers, and artists of all stripes who make their home what we affectionately call Upstate Manhattan. I'm your host, Aaron Sims, and today we welcome filmmaker Louis Carrasco. Louis is a filmmaker and photographer from the Bronx, New York. He worked in media industry for close to 10 years, having graduated from CUNY Lehman College with a BA in media studies. He recently moved back from Los Angeles, working on many settings. His last directed short was a two-episode series called Famished Artists. He's also a recipient of the Inwood Festival Filmmaker Fund Award for his project, The Puerto Rican Jew. We're going to talk to him about his work behind the camera and so much more, but first, let me welcome you, Lewis, to Inwood Artworks On Air. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me, man. You bet. You bet. Um, so I'm just going to start at the beginning. How did you find your way behind a camera? Um, it kind of started when I went back to college. Um, I was at BMCC for two years, and you know I was like just working full-time and going to school, so it was like just hard. And then when I decided to go back to uh, college, I, that's what I knew I wanted to focus in. And I started interning there. I started working there, and then yeah, I just started working there. Like, again, start to work with the cameras. Started doing photography, videos, and then started working on people's short films. Well, I love the way you frame scenes. You have a really great eye. What do you? What are you? What's going through your head when you're framing? What are you looking for? Well, the biggest thing for me is like I'm always. I always want to get like the best performance from the actors. So that's what I usually work closest with. Mm-hmm. Um, but frameworks, I always try to keep it. I guess like realistic and like try to make the lighting kind of like dramatic and try to have like a message mm-hmm. in the story without saying anything. Yeah, I noticed you use a lot of natural light to tell the story too, right? Yeah. Yeah, like I was watching um, Famished Artists the other day. The uh, the first episode, we're on the sidewalk and you're getting that sunset a little bit on the guy's face. And yeah. it's that half and half of like, make, and he has to make a, ch- it's kind of a little bit of foreshadowing him having to make a choice of leaving the outer world and going into an underworld, so to speak, right? Exactly. We actually shot that episode twice because our lead actor dropped out on us. Oh, jeez. Yeah, so we had to shoot that whole scene all over again. Kind of like all his scenes, and that was like yeah, that was like pretty hectic. I bet. I bet. Wow. Um, well, so what was the con... And, and I want to say you're one of the, the, uh, the co-creator uh, of Famished Artists too, right? Mm-hmm. So how did that come about, the concept? Um, so I came to... Um, I came up with the idea, and then I went to some people. Um, the first one was um, Carlos, who you know, who I told him I had this idea, and um, I usually like uh, bounce ideas off of him because I don't trust my writing. I, I never felt comfortable in that. Like I always felt like I have the story, but for like to put the dialogue out there. But that's good though. You need a sounding board. Yeah. I I, I have my wife. That's what I use. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm always like, is this crazy? Like I'll write something going. She's like, could you? And she always makes it. My point is like other people enhance. I feel like they they enhance your work. I know there's a little bit of fear factor sometimes and a little bit of vulnerability, right? Yeah. When you're giving something over of yourself, but I find most of the time, most of the time, uh, they make your work better. Yeah, I learned that a long time ago. Like, you got to, like, embrace, like, you know, ask for the help, you know, be open to the criticism, you know. Because at the end of the day, they're also trying to, like, have the best out for you, too. Yeah. Well, speaking of Carlos, um, you're working with him. uh, Carlos Hisiano, by the way, full name, um, one of our uh, favorite film festival alums from uh, 
last or two years ago, I think, right now. Yeah. Um, and uh, for his movie Kiko. Um, so let's chat a bit about your award-winning film project, The Puerto Rican Jew. Um, before I, we talk about the show, I want to mention one name to you, and if it resonates or not. Okay. Juan Epstein. No. Well, 1975, Juan Epstein was the Puerto Rican Jew on the TV show set in Brooklyn, Welcome Back, Cotter. I did not know that. <laughs> wow. That's the only reason why I have a reference. So if I hear Puerto Rican Jew, and I'm of Generation X, okay, folks? Um, so I'm no hiding my age here. But like that was, because he was famous, part of his shtick was he was a Puerto Rican Jew. Um, okay. which, which is, and that was played into the bizarreness of his character. And that's what the show, for again, a little movie trivia history and TV history, gave John Travolta his start. Oh. Um, but as a young man, and Ron, Ron Palillo also had a start there. Um, I forget the name of the actor who played Freddie Boom Boom Washington. Also, he's, he's everywhere. Um, but also, um, uh, it was a vehicle for Gabe Kaplan, who was a big stand up comedian at the time. Uh, but anyway, enough of the t- trip down, um, you know, TV history lane. But I was going to uh, say, I thought you were going to mention Gerardo Rivera because the other day I was randomly on Twitter and I saw his profile and then on his bio, it just said Drew Rick. And I was like, I had no idea. Oh, that <laughs> no, no, makes sense though, right? Yeah. But we all know who Geraldo is, right? Yeah. Well, first off, was Geraldo available for the film shoot? Is he? <laughs> Unfortunately not. <laughs> okay, I guess say his representation didn't get back to you maybe. <laughs> okay, so so tell me, where, where, does your, where does your Puerto Rican Jew come from? So um, during quarantine, like when everybody was locked down, I decided to take one of those DNA tests because I was like, oh, I have the time. I'm like home pretty much all day now. So I took it. And then when I got the test, the results back, it said 50% Jewish. And I was like, this doesn't make sense. I thought it was going to be like mostly mostly Spanish and like, oh, maybe I'm from like Spain or something. Mm -hmm. But when it said 50% Jewish, I was like. Okay, and then I talked to my sister, who also took the test, and her results didn't come out that way. So I was like, oh, this is raising a lot of questions now. Wow. So I was like, you know, at first it was a lot of, like, I was shocked. I was like, oh, my God. Like, and I, I, don't, I don't have anybody to ask these questions because, unfortunately, both my parents have passed away. I'm sorry to hear that. Thank you. Um, but, yeah, like, I was never, like, nobody ever mentioned it to me. Like, my mom didn't. Or I, so I was like, did my dad know? And he just didn't care. Or maybe he didn't know because... I wasn't treated like any different. I was just treated, you know, like the family. But but two totally different cultures. Yeah. My wife is Puerto, half Puerto Rican, not Jewish, Irish, the other side. <laughs> and so, I mean, I, I under, and I've been to Puerto Rico, and it's a totally different story than going to, say, um, you know, Israel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or anywhere else that celebrates the Jewish customs. Uh, so, yeah, two, two, two totally different warring factions, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because my whole life has just, just been like Puerto Rican culture. Like, you yeah. know, my grandma took me to Puerto Rico when I was 14. So now that I'm knowing about Jewish, I'm like, I want to like try to like learn about this. But I'm like, I don't know like where to start. Like, I, I've never like been really embraced in that culture before. So this is this film, but it's it's a narrative film. It's not a documentary, right? It's a narrative. Yeah. Correct. So this is a person's a so very but somewhat autobiographical for you, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was trying to keep it, like, loosely based, you know, and also I didn't want to, like, make it too much about me or, like, overdramatic, so I wanted to keep it, like, lighthearted. Gotcha. You know, because at, at the end of the day, when I found out the results, I was like, you know, I'm still who I am who I am. Right. You know, it's not going to really change who I am, but it's just a new thing about me. Sure, sure. So the hero of the journey, we'll say, is not necessarily you, but parts of you, we'll say. Yes. Yeah, gotcha. 
All right. And so, and where are you now in the production process? So right now we posted our casting. Um, we've gotten a lot of like auditions. Um, no, no, I'm sorry, not audition applications. So we're about to start choosing people of who we would like to see audition. Yeah. So we're at that process. And um, we've almost got some locations down and okay. we're going to set to shoot. And we definitely know we want to shoot in June. Okay. Great. It's a good time to shoot. Uh, absolutely. People are available then for the most part in the summers. Um, yeah. Pilot season's over and yeah, a lot of stuff is good. Um, well, uh, like you said, you're working with Carlos, you're a bit of a, a dream team. Uh, you worked on Kiko together and other projects. Um, so you talk, let's go back for a second about that creative process. Like when you're bouncing ideas off each other, like, do you bring an idea to him? Does he bring it to you? Do you like, who's writing the scripts? Um, like, well, how do you guys share responsibilities? Um, so when Carlos, uh, like, he, he always, like, writes his own film, but then he'll, like, send me an email with the script, and he'll just ask me, like, hey, what do you think about this and what, and my thoughts? And, you know, I'll just give him, like, my mm -hmm. feedback on that. Um, but pretty much every film, because we've known each other, like, over 10 years now, I've helped him out on every film. When he lived in Chicago, he actually asked me to fly out, and I flew out to Chicago to help him with the film. I worked as, um, I was the uh, behind-the-scenes photographer and videographer, like, kind of, like, documenting the whole process. Gotcha. And then his latest film, uh, Kiko, I was uh, more of like a production assistant, just like all around, like whatever you need, just, you know, it yeah. was a very small crew, so whatever you needed, mm -hmm. I'll help you with. What, what, is, what is the significance of a production photographer? It doesn't get talked about very much. I, I love it. It's some of my favorite photography because you're catching people in the moment, you, you know, in the scenes, and then also like when they're not acting, you're just catching great moments. So, And it's just a very collaborative environment. Like everybody's just you know, is having fun. Is It's a really good time. Gotcha. Do you like to do more of that work, you think, coming up? Or like what? Oh, yeah, definitely. I, I think um, production photography is some of my favorite photography I've ever done. Very cool. Very cool. Um, so what else are you working on to keep yourself busy in the mix right now? You have, you have, this, you have this production. Uh, and what else do you do um, during the day or, or, during, or during the weekends when you're not working on the Puerto Rican gym? <laughs> Well, I, I do work a full-time job Monday through Friday. I work as like an audiovisual technician, so I'm, I'm like running their events. Um, but now that they know that I do like video photography, they actually want to like buy me equipment so I can start shooting because they've been outsourcing. Yeah. So they're like, hey, instead of us paying all this money, we'll get you equipment so you can start. So they're kind of changing my job title. Can't thank you for bringing it up because like I just want to tell everyone that particularly like if you're trying to keep your get your feet wet in the business, like nothing like having free resources, right? But and then or, or showing your value to your company, particularly in the audiovisual world, because equipment can be so expensive not only to purchase but just to borrow. Sometimes the insurance you got to put down to borrow and, and yeah. rent equipment can be as much as the equipment itself. Uh, and a lot of individual solo artists don't have insurance, to, it's, it's, so you end up putting deposits down and it makes things even more expensive. So I thank you for bringing that up. It's fully, fully endorsed. Hopefully, people do that because it's necessary. Because uh, it's hard enough. Like prices are so high right now, anyway, just to, to rent a truck uh, yeah. or, or to just um, or for carting things around, a U-Haul, whatever, gas, whatever. It's uh, <laughs> we won't mention the price of eggs, I guess. But um, I'm actually doing that for a props for your show. Um, but it's it's difficult. So yeah, make your films as cheaply as you can, and, and you say, and you have all that audio video editing and. Um, work too and uh now are you the editor of your show who who does the editing uh for for the Puerto Rican yeah. group 
Um, I think for this one, it's going to be Alfonso, who is Carlos's cousin. Alfonso Rodriguez, Alfonso. we know him well, yes. Yeah, so the three of us have worked like very closely like over the years. Another Inwood guy. Who, yeah. By now he's moved out of Connecticut. We still talk to him, though. <laughs> um, he's still part of the family. Uh, well, very cool. For very, now. For, for, for now. For now, exactly. Um, and do you guys have any other screenplays on the horizon, your little, your little mafia you're put together, any other projects you're kind of boiling up? Um, well, I think Alfonso has, has some project coming up. Where I think he just wants to do like stock footage. Yeah. So I think I'm just going to be helping him with that okay. in, a, in the next few weeks. Um, but I also work with this other production company called New Face Media. And um, they do like shoots all around the city. Um, and then every now and then when they need a videographer or something, they will like hit me up and like, hey, we need somebody and I'll come in. But it's usually just like your standard stuff, like maybe a, a Congress hearing. Yeah. Right. Well, very like cool. Well, Lewis, I applaud you and all your work you're doing. And we, I can't wait to hear about, you know, we're, we're kind of keeping the story under wraps here with the Puerto Rican Jew, but everyone gets it. It's a little bit about an awakening and taking that journey. And um, we're looking forward to uh, hopefully having it in the tank for the next Inwood Film Festival uh, in 2024. I cannot you know, wait. I'm that'd excited. Be awesome. Well, once again, thank you again, Lewis, for joining me on this Artist Spotlight episode of Inwood Artworks On Air. Really appreciate you coming out. Thank you so much for having me. You bet. So this is Inwood Artworks On Air. It's where you meet the musicians, filmmakers, writers, theater makers, and artists of all stripes that make their home here in Upper Manhattan. If you have a moment, please show us some love right now by rating and reviewing this podcast, Apple Podcast. That really does help. Many thanks to the Church of Good Shepherd here in Inwood, New York City, and to Hidesites.com for uptown promotional support. You can support On Air and all of our programming by making a tax-free donation to InwoodArtworks.nyc backslash donate. It really does help. Be sure to follow us on social media at Inwood Artworks to keep up with all we do, which includes the Inwood Film Festival, Filmworks Al Fresco, Web Art Galleries, and so much more. Inwood Artworks is proud to be supported in part by public funds the New York City Department of Cultural Affairs in partnership with City Council. And Inwood Artworks programming is made possible by the State of New York Council on the Arts with support of the Office of the Governor and the New York State Legislature. From the top of Manhattan and the bottom of our hearts, thank you so much for tuning in. This is Aaron Sims for Inwood Artworks On Air.